This is Cameron Burgess, and you're listening to the Film Focus Podcast. Just the spark we needed to reignite the last handful of games for the season. Was never worried at all. Never? Nope. And that takes us to 42 points, finally. When you've got a broken vinyl vinyl record, you need a DJ to change it. Bloody Dan, bloody James. After two to three weeks of saying we need to try something new, Silver and Boa utilised Dan James in his best performance yet to bring us three points home from a bit historically tricky ground for Fulham. And we did it all without Josh Madger. Outstanding, really. With me for a happier pod and late are Don Love and Morgan Kelton. I'm J-Mac and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. We did it, guys. We're, we're, we're out of the 39 and we're in the 40 points. Not mathematically safe yet, but as good as. Um, I'll go to you first, Morgan, your opening thoughts on this result and everything your brain is filling you with at the moment. You don't want everything that my brain's filling me with. It's a dark, fine, dumb. My- mysterious place. But in this Split case... Split the difference. Split the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, great result. I mean, I've, the fact that we won at Goodison in front of fans, I think is brilliant. Obviously, yeah. as you said... Uh, without Josh Madger, who knew if we were going to win? Uh, we've said that a lot this season, I think. But yeah, to go up there and put in a very convincing performance, especially after that run of games, a uh, run of losses, in fact, it's uh, it's it psychologically to get over that 40-point mark as well. I think it was just the perfect weekend, wasn't it, really? I mean, especially when you, you go with that plan B of Dan James, which, you know... When I saw his name on the team sheet, I thought, that's not a bad idea, really. You know, he's he's a different uh, beast to Vinicius, a uh, different type of quality. And I imagine they probably weren't expecting that. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a great weekend. I think Silver uh, deserves some credit for putting his faith in James because it worked. I mean, maybe we wouldn't have been saying that had it uh, not, but... Yeah, I think one of those games where we can come out heads held high and now on to the next game, really. Yeah, it seems now that we actually feel... It's amazing what a win can do, but more than just that, it was a really convincing win away from home, uh, Don. And I, I just like your opening thoughts. It just seems now we might actually... Get, a, a week ago, I was saying, I can't see where the next win is coming from, and I'm so fickle. Now that we've won quite well in an entertaining fashion, I, I feel like we can now win a, quite a few more. I mean, the win was fantastic. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was nervous going into this. Um, we just hadn't been doing well at all. Uh, and like, if you looked at our form, you know, the form table and stuff, we were down there. We we're like 17th. We're at the bottom. Uh, so five on the bounce to lose, and then to come back like we did, especially in the second half, to really stamp on it and say yes, you know, we we can actually do a different style, a different plan, um, which I loved, absolutely loved. Um, I, I was having a discussion on one of the forums, you know, saying we've got to change and we got to do something. And a lot of people were like, no, 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 you stick to plan A, stick to plan A, stick to plan A. And I was like, how many times do you, do you do plan A, don't get the result before you just say, okay, enough's enough. So yeah, um, five, five games apparently. Said, yeah, five <laughs> games apparently. But it, it, it took us, it took us a while. Uh, but, you know, I actually, I, I had said, uh, I kind of thought, you know, oh, you know, it'd be a good thing if we played more like a false nine, I said. Right. Where we don't have a messy, you know, but that kind of style. And so you can say, yeah, we were playing a four-two-three-one. Dan James was playing up top more as a holding up play kind of person rather than, you know, the strong Mitrovic, you know, lump it forward, he'll make things happen. But... If you watched us, we had so many people in attack. At times, it was more like we had uh, four up front, you know. Yeah. And we had, you know, just one hanging back there uh, with uh, Palina. But I I really hope this is the start of something new because it was so fluid. It was so nice. It was so quick. Mm. It was just a different Fulham for me. 
Yeah, it was completely it, different. Completely different, and it was just like a nice change because we've had this sort of four-two-three-one structure for actually a very, very long time now. Um, even even before Silver and Summer guy, and we've always had Mitrovic up front doing the same thing. And to have, I mean, I did say it would be interesting for us to do a system of a false nine or a striker. For instance, how Arsenal played when they faced us with Trossard. You know, if if you play um, a right a right footed winger as a centre forward, um, like they did with Trossard that game, and and other teams have done similar things before it, it just opens things up and it completely stretched out the play like a lot of people like experts hipsters on twitter were predicting it would and I, you know I, I burnley weren't expecting it either because burnley? we haven't played dan james a lot recently oh burnley sorry everton <laughs> it's because it's daish it's because it's daish and because we never usually daish, win sorry, everyone. and because we never usually win there either exactly sorry so everton yeah they weren't really planning for dan james to play because we haven't played in ages and you could tell that because they, they were i think they they prepped us by using a four-four-two, um, and they expected probably Vinicius us to do the you know the rigid formation. Uh, just going back to the things that it helped us accomplish there, Morgan. I mean, if you just look at the XG here, I mean, on I mean, our XG was phenomenal this game. Let me just see, uh, one point nine five to us against their one point fifty. How do you how do you feel about that? I don't. I feel nothing but hatred <laughs> and coldness <laughs> towards know, your so... rubbish XG. For anyone listening, I did that deliberately. <laughs> hate um, but the so, thing is, we scored but, more than 1.95 didn't we so yeah i mean we got uh yeah you know we're outperforming our XG. yeah exactly and yeah great yeah. But, it, but the story is if like i'll, I'll say the actual stats because it is actually interesting like so we had 21 shots on total seven on target uh to everton's 15 total shots and s7 on target. So i mean it, yeah obviously more passes more possession etc but just we you can talk about triangles you can talk about hipstery and like you know all the kind of cool tricks of pivots and stuff that you hate but we just looked so much better with Dan James stretching everything out. I mean, I, for instance, don't think the goal that Harry Wilson scores, uh, the second one, happens without the space being created by Dan James being pulled over to the right a bit. You know what I mean? I just, just. Well, I think I just think the fact MB. it was it was such a different uh, style. Uh, you know, technically the same formation, definitely not the same tactic though. Because if it had been. Um, you know, the same uh, style that we played against West Ham, uh, Tarkovsky yeah. and Keane, I think it was Keane, wasn't it, uh, at the back, would have just gobbled up the crosses. We wouldn't have had a, you know, wouldn't have had a sniff. But the, because we were playing it on the floor, we were running at them. I mean, Reed was, you know, all over the place. I mean, you've got James, who obviously has been training well, according to, well, obviously he's been training well, he's been given a shot, but apparently he's been training well, according to Silver. Yeah. And... I mean, Harry Wilson, we'll talk about him. I mean, that's his best game he's had all season by a country mile. Yeah. So that's... His first Premier League goal for us as well, which is good. Yeah, great. And, you know, he deserved it. Nice. He, had, he had a brilliant game. And it was just all round. It was, it was just a good, solid performance. I mean, it was a good, solid performance generally. It was a great away performance. Uh, at, you yeah. know, a historically very difficult ground for us. So I think having, having that option now... Obviously, we're not going to be able to use that against Leeds because James can't play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we could have a similar style using maybe Pereira up front and maybe Kearney behind or something like that. But it's, you know, it. I think whilst Mitrovic is out, you know, we can't spend the next few games playing Vinicius up front and pretending he's Mitro because that's just not going to work. So I think now that we've got this tactic, we can mix it up a bit, vary from game to game, because obviously we don't want it to become too samey, too predictable again, because you know what, you know, the teams are like these days, as soon as you play one tactic, scouts are all over it, they'll analyse it, set the other, and then yeah. we have to deal with it. So you do have to sort of uh, pull out a few surprises every now and then, although Leeds are pretty shitty right now, so I don't think it might have to be too bad. No, absolutely. We'll come on to Leeds in a bit. I mean, Don, just just a bit further on the Plan B that we used. It's it's. I like what you mentioned about something that we'd been wanting to see for a while. I think it's really important to mention actually. A lot of Premier teams, Premier League teams, at our level sort of survive in the in this league by actually being a bit adaptable. I feel like it's actually a bit of a fool's errand to use plan A all the time. I know Jokanovic, for instance, like to do it, but when you're in this league, with, I think you can afford to stick to a plan A if you're a Pep Guardiola side. But with us, it's it's good to have the adaptability. And really, because it did, it did improve a lot of the players like Willian, for instance, that assist he made for, um, for the second goal uh, was just brilliant. 
Brilliant. And I just, just your, any other closing thoughts on this plan B, mate? So this season has is, is really been interesting for me in several ways. Number one, Tony Khan, you know, we assume he's still involved in all the transfers and everything. He broke the mold on this one. You know, he brought in older players. He's allowed Tim Ream to stay. Uh, he's brought in players that they were pretty good in the past, but haven't done so well that, you know, Metro, or I mean, uh, Marco's brought in and given a second chance and brought back to life. You know, yeah. players like William. Who would have thought William was going to come back to life, you know, and do as well as he's been doing? Um, and I, he looked I, back to his I, best in this game. 100%. I, I, exactly. I really thought, you know, he was done. I, I figured, you know, you know he, maybe he makes a cameo appearance here or there, you know, and offers up something. But I would have never thought to be starting as much as he is contributing as much as he is i don't, I don't the thing I mean, is i don't think anyone thought that everyone had him penned down right. as a 20 minute wonder for the games you yeah, need, exactly. there was no expectation on his shoulders when he came into the club that he was going to be anything other than a bit part player and he's come in and but one of the things you see and especially when you're actually at the ground and watching it's you see his intelligence on the pitch it's his oh, he sees passes that you know other players aren't seeing. He makes those runs. He's got the fitness of a guy in his late twenties, not the guy in his mid thirties. And you know, you—that's something that you can't, you know, you don't lose that football intelligence. I mean, he clearly still loves playing, and he's obviously had a couple of really bad years, uh, mentally and performance-wise. So I think the fact that he's enjoying his football, we're kind of seeing that player that Chelsea had for many years and it's great to see and hopefully he gets his new contract because I think he's definitely got another year in him at this level before he maybe well, yeah, I can't remember who, which one of you guys said it uh, but what, what somebody said whatever they put in the water out there at <laughs> Mossford Park it, it's clearly working miracles you know the, the, the fountain of youth has been found and some of these players yeah I, I, now, the I, other I, thing I'll say yeah, about Marco real quick and I know a lot of people some people say this is too much, but he's kind of pulling a Roy here right now. He's really getting the best out of some players who I wouldn't say are good players. That great, <laughs> you know, that that they, they be up here, okay? So there are some players, especially coming off the bench, that I didn't really think were gonna be all that, you know, and I, I hate to say it, but two of them just started in this game and did phenomenal. So Yeah. Yeah. But that is the sign of a very, very good manager who is able to oh, get absolutely. the quality out of a player who oh, may absolutely. not have the confidence in himself. I mean, who who knows what he would have done with AK-47 had he, you know, spent time with him? Oh. <laughs> oh, J-Mac would have loved that. Just going to note that down. <laughs> 18 from April. That's never going to leave the, the group chat. <laughs> I mean, he would have polished that, that diamond with an inch of its life. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one but it's good it's good that Silva has been adaptable finally because he has been in the past known to be quite stubborn with his methods it's actually partly the reason according to their fans why he you know got sacked from Everton and actually it's a really nice storyline for Silva this game because he managed obviously we drew the first game at the cottage but this one it was really nice for him just to raise two fingers to the Everton because they were we all saw the comments when Marcus Silva was announced as our manager. There was a lot of Everton fans saying, why are you doing this? He's an absolute fraud. So it, it, it's a nice bit of uh, justice maybe from Silva to actually get a result back at Goodison in particular. I've, I've got some friends who uh, here in the States, they're, they're Everton fans because of uh, um, the goalie, Howard. All right. So they really, really thought, they were going to walk away with this. They thought, this is going to be our turnaround. This is what's going to get us well out of the relegation zone. Yeah. So, you know, I just kind of took my lumps. I didn't say a whole lot to them because we hadn't been doing that well. So it was very nice to be able to send messages back to them saying... Uh, yeah, I mean, the writing was I on the wall not. for a loss. Yeah. I mean, thank you they, were state, they were stating the obvious a little bit there, weren't they? I mean, they were just looking at the uh, recent facts and going, nah, we're definitely winning this. It's like, hmm. You never know in this game. The thing is, what was really interesting watching the Everton fans and the highlights of uh, the game, uh, you know, at the the aftermath of them losing, it, it, there was quite a very weird feel. I don't know what it must have been like being there. I'll have to ask Wigo, etc. But like, it, they it was almost like if Everton do get relegated, I feel like that was the game for them where they've realised they might be going down. 
there was quite a dejected feeling or look along a lot a lot on a lot of the fans' faces. And they didn't seem so angry. They just feel like a bit shocked and a bit like I'm speechless. We're we're crap. You know, um, I'm sure it's been like that for a while. But it feels like maybe that could be. I think I think probably last season it was a real sort of uh, rude awakening about how mm. much for how much trouble they're in. I mean, they managed to you know dig themselves out of it in the end, but you know, right up to the last minute they would look like they were going down. Yeah. And I think there's only so many times you can, you know, escape the Grim Reaper. And I think they started off badly and they haven't really improved. And they just don't have that right balance of players. And I think it's one of those teams sometimes just run out of puff in this league. I mean, it took us 13 years to go down. It's going to, it taking Everton, what, 70 or whatever it is. It's going through. You, you guys don't weird. think that they're kind of doing the same thing that Fulham did under the last years of Mo? I mean, the club's up for sale, supposedly five hundred mil. It is now, they're, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Really, I think it's, I think it's a very different situation that we had there they're because not really putting money into players and stuff. So. But they're putting a lot of money into the stadium, aren't they? I mean, the stadium is the thing that's costing a lot of money. That. They're not. They're willing. You know, they clearly have put a bit of money into the sort of team, but. You know, Leicester, they're the ones that didn't put any money into their side over the summer. I just think there's a case of a lot of, um, yeah, I I think there's a case of just a lot of, um, what's the word um, that I'm trying to look for here? There's a lot of case of like heritage, heritage maybe? Like a lot of old Premier League teams. They think they deserve it. We've been here for so long. Not necessarily the arrogance of deserve it, but I think there are a lot of Premier League teams that have just had the confidence of knowing they're never, thinking they're never going down. Mm -hmm. And they haven't realised that actually these teams coming up like Brighton, us allegedly now Brentford are, are really competitive and actually they, they could lose their places now I, I think you know it, it gone the other days of uh, you know look at where West Ham are I don't think everyone theme seems to think that next season these sort of teams will get back to being 8th and ninth and 10th and 11th again and you know the regular but I, I don't think so I think this is what you're seeing is the eventual uh, consequence of everyone getting equal money in the Premier League uh, in, in terms of pay- yeah, potentially I don't know it's, I think it's more that and you know obviously yeah if they're getting equal TV money but then obviously <clears throat> what they're doing with that money where they're investing within the club I think obviously uh, Everton's owners have invested in the ground they've invested in individual players but not necessarily a team and they are their manager, I mean, you know, Lampard is not a good manager. You know, that's just, that's a simple fact at the moment. He might be a decent coach, but he's not a good manager. And mm. Sean Dyche comes in to, fi- uh, you know, fix it. He can only fix so much in the time that he has. And it's a very different style of football that he's asking his players to play. Obviously, he's got a couple of ex-Bernie um, players within his ranks, but same time you're asking a whole team to suddenly switch their um their you know their psyche as it were on the pitch and mm. it you know these players obviously they're premier league level players whether they're you know top quality ones or not but you can only ask them to do so much against teams that are very well drilled who have that bit of stability etc so i yeah. think we are seeing them run out of steam as a as a Premier League club, but there are other teams around them that might prop them up. Whether that means that they're in for another yeah, battle at the bottom last time round in the nineties, I remember they survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I'm old enough. Um, the, you know, they survived a few sort of uh, touch and go moments, and then obviously they did yeah. a bit better in the uh, the noughties and whatnot. But yeah, maybe after all these years, it is finally time for them to uh, have a go in the championship. You say you're old enough, Morgs. Um, like, are you, how old are you, Evan? Uh, thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Okay, okay. Because I've got one of my points is like forty-two points. Uh, is how's it feel finally breaking into the forties, so to speak, <laughs> And I wasn't sure whether I'll or not. I'll tell that you next you. year when I officially no, reach safety year. and my life begins okay, to well, go down. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if, 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 like, when you reach forty in life, that's safe. That's, that's safety for yeah. for a human. Finally, financial security. Safe. That's that's what I'm looking for at forty. <laughs> yeah, God Almighty, that's so funny. I think, um, yeah, I, I guess we are. I mean, look, we we know we've been safe for a while, uh, but but now it's. It's still not mathematical, but it feels it, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's going to be interesting what happens from here because either now we're at the forty-two stage, 
even though it's not mathematical. I, I, I wonder if the 39 was like just a bit of a... We were stuck there for so long. I, I wonder if we're going to push on from this and actually get a few more you wins. You thought it was our really boogeyman? Gonna... Maybe, maybe. But it might... now this might be our boogeyman. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how we, we respond to this if we actually get a few more wins. But looking at Leeds, I, I can dare say that we probably might. Um, but I was going to just mention, going back to the game, Don, that we um, you can tell everyone played well, like really, really well, purely because Mana Solomon didn't even get a substitution. Um, yeah, which, which is, which is, pretty, which is, yeah, it's, it's. But I'm sure he'll make an appearance in the next game. But um, my, my, my question was: Is there anyone to you who also stood out from this game that played very well? I mean, I think, for instance, uh, Tosin has been undroppable the last few games. Like, That's an interesting one because I really didn't see anything wrong with Diop. You know, I don't. I, I was really confused when you know he got dropped and Tosin got put in. That was interesting to me, but it was yeah. Tosin's not done anything wrong, you know. He's he's actually had some really nice games here lately. So mm. it, it it's I it becomes a dilemma then, you know, for that center back pairing with Reem right now. Because again, I don't know why Diop was dropped, but Tosin's been doing so well. So it's kind of a fifty fifty for me, you know, who gets the nod and starts right now. But I guess you stay with Tosin. I mean, just because. We just won. You you don't want to drop somebody after winning. You want to kind of yeah. keep that momentum and that that teamwork going. So he was one that definitely, obviously, was great. As always, um, Kenny Teddy next Reed, to well and Reed, Reed, yeah. Reed of know. course. We got to mention Reed actually. I mean, congrats to him. I mean, that's, that's his third number goal. three for him. Yeah, number that's three. Good. That's really really good. So, you know, the other interesting thing they did in this game, if you guys saw, he has been doing this a lot this season, but I thought it was really evident in this game. They really had him pushed up mm-hmm. and he really was the energizer bunny running all over that dang field. I, I actually was surprised you guys didn't post his heat map. Uh, I'd be curious. He, he was probably, Oh no, we go did. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, figures it was very hot. Yeah, it was very hot. Yeah. yeah. Too hot. First on the opposite side of that, you know, who, didn't really, in my mind, have a good game. Go on. Polina. Yeah, so that's interesting. He was actually, like, on sites such as Who Scored or Sofa Score, he was actually the lowest uh, ranked member of the team throughout the whole game. And that's a first, he didn't really you know? put in a lot of those strong tackles like he normally does. You know what I mean? Well, he, I mean, his, his lack of strong tackling is actually what led to um, the, the equalizer from McNeil. Um, so yeah, that was that's a weird one. I mean, obviously nothing to worry about because he's been. Oh no, 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 no! But it was just quite ir- quite ironic. We play. Uh, it's just out of character, I thought for him. Very. It's fine. Yeah, Maybe he's I been told to um, you know calm his performances down a bit while the uh, the scouts are around scoping him out. But see, he. I he, hope so. I also thought he was playing a little more deep this game. You know, he was really playing like that safety stopper kind of position you know anchoring guy hold, yeah yeah hold, holding everything up breaking up plays you know before Reem and them had to get in so. well maybe that maybe that was the Which tactic worked out well maybe that was the tactic that was really oh, yeah. go you know it worked out well because it allowed everybody yeah. to really get up top and really push forward so i think overloading yeah. is the term oh yeah uh, Over- midfield overload yeah. yes yes i mean kenny tete again brilliant burnt leno just um making like really really important stops um once i mean i just i love leno so fucking much i'm gonna i'm gonna make i'm gonna um, make a big claim here okay Uh-oh. i think he's definitely worth that three million we paid for him I think that's, I mean, it's a tall order, folks, but I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. He, honestly, he's just been brilliant. I think it's going to cost a lot more now because we're actually staying up. And uh, I, I think there's something, it's almost, there's like eight clauses in this contract that yeah. rises up. I think, to yeah, make I think like about eight million or something million. like that, but even still, that's a bargain. Yeah, but totally yeah. worth it. I mean, he, he is a player who I honestly think, and I think I said this at the pub and it's been mentioned in the group, 31 is, I think he's 30, or maybe maybe he's still 30. 30 I, can't remember, I think he's 31, like, yeah. He's 31. He's still very young for a goalkeeper. And I could easily see with his st- stats. I mean, his, he's been rated as one of the best goalkeepers in Europe on things like who scored at the moment in terms oh, of really? stoppages. And yeah, he is. So I could, I could see, I don't know what kind of team would try and make a bid. But I mean, as long as he stay, he's, for me, the whole reason why we are where we are. Um, I mean, yeah. Obviously, there are other parts as well. You can talk about the core with Polina, But like, Bernd Leno is 100% my favourite goalkeeper I've ever seen at Fulham. And, and bear in mind, I, I never got to see Van der Sar. But he's been absolutely wonderful. I love that guy. Yeah, so he's. Um, I think without him, I you know, with in all fairness to Rodak, if he'd been the first choice this season, 
uh, we wouldn't be 10th. We probably wouldn't even be 17th, I reckon. And it's just, Leno is just that, you know, he's just that step up, isn't he? Like many steps up as a keeper. And you can tell that he's an established Premier League keeper, um, an international, all that. And it's so comforting to have that. But I guess when you sort of like, you know, you mix Palina into that and then Ream to an extent as well, how, you know, that whole spine of the defensive part of the team has just helped yeah. got us to where we are, I think. And you know, they've, you can play they've with just gelled so well. Yeah. They've just gelled so well. Like the clearance that Reem made, um, you know, when the ball um, was hit, just be, like uh, went through, uh, just went beyond uh, Leno's hand. Well, he saved then, it. Yeah, he's he done it, that a couple so. times now. Yeah, he has a lot of. Yeah, he's done a lot of off the line clearances, Reem. Yeah, long may it last, obviously. Um, but you know, the the great thing about Leno is. Because he's doing so well, it helps add confidence to the back line because they know they've got a keeper who yeah. will command everything, help them out, you know, and lead the way. And then you throw Reem in there with his experience and how he's playing right now. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> according to everybody, the only thing wrong right now is, is Robinson, but I still... I know everybody wants uh, him gone, and it, I still like him. He's. I I, I think that. Oh, that's just you read a few... so much crap online. On, on no, Twitter, I, I, I try not to. That, that last game. Yeah. Oh my God! There were so many people saying, "I don't see it. Why is he here? Let's get rid it's, of him." Yeah, I think I think I don't ever want to see him in a shirt again. If there's a player that will be sold this summer, I think it will probably be, be him, and before anyone else because i think he will get a lot of look uh you know a lot of pre- uh interest in terms of his pace i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know i don't think we will well. say i think that the fact well unless we get like a ridiculous bid from someone the thing is he's still relatively young he i i think you know i know it's weird but sometimes people online overreact and it's they just do. one of one of those things he, <laughs> he played some really good yeah when uh uh and he just he's had some pretty rubbishy games recently but early in the season he was brilliant you know he played out of his skin I think you know the Arsenal game the Bournemouth game um not sure much about Everton but sort of he's he he made some pretty shocking decisions as a defender and so I think you know he's still learning but the thing is we don't have a backup at the moment it's kind of him or no one so on Robinson he put most of the balls in the box this time very low. There wasn't a lot of high crosses. Do you think that was because we don't have the Metro, the Vinny, the the yeah, you know definitely taller guy? So they, they yeah, you think Dan James is about my height? They, no one's crossing into because a lot of people are like, well, he did that because he, <laughs> he, he just is, can't yeah. get the balls up in the air. He he just can't float a ball in properly. But I kind of think it was more of a tactic this time because. A lot of them were looking for the feet of people, yeah. you know, in the box. No, because, no, I mean, that so just didn't work thing. against West Ham. They, well, they, that's what we were doing, we were pumping crosses in the box. Tarkowski, Tarkowski, uh, Tarkovsky and Keane, that, that's their bread and butter. You know, they played with they played at Burnley. Exactly. That's just, you know, what they deal with. With this, we knew we were playing, um, you know, a shorter attacking side, uh, as in we were, we were the shorter attacking side. So, of course, we're going to play along the ground. It would be ridiculous if we tried hump, uh, hoofing the ball. So up. the other thing, yeah, I'll mention real quick that I really like, and I've been crying out for this to be happening. Um, I wanted more shots, not just wait till we're in the damn box, but outside the box, because we have scored more goals when a shot was taken, it was spilled by the goalie, and somebody was there to rebound. Yeah, like Wilson was this time, and different people have been, you know, blah blah blah. So, if we could keep that up, I don't care the style of play, but if we could keep that up to where it's in the repertoire of we get more shots just outside the box, take your chance, hope for, especially against uh, leads coming up, that they spill the damn ball, yeah. make a goof up, you know, whatever. 
Well, it's going to lead to something. So it's it's well, it's going to be interesting if uh, Harry Wilson starts again. I think we might start seeing a really good run of form of him now. Very hopeful thinking because I know he like you know it's just one goal for him this season. But his, grab your chances. Well, grab your chances. But the first you know the first goal that we scored was from him taking a shot from outside the box, curling it, and then hits the post, and then from that ricochet, Dan James. Which by the way, I don't think this has been noted at all. I saw it on Friends of Fulham, and I, then I, I looked into it, and Matt Dom still doesn't believe me in the group. But that is a back heel assist from Dan. James no it's not it absolutely is I agree (laughs) Dom is right I've watched it several times he steps in he looks like he's trying to go for either like he's going to spin around you know and try and get a shot off but to me it looks like he's looking for the dive sorry or the or the penalty and he gets lucky it bounces off his heel the way I I disagree I mean I mean I mean Camp J-Mac on this one oh permanent no, I'm a yeah, Camp J Mac yeah, on that. Go. It's that was a that was a pure piece of uh, Brazilian skill from the Welsh from the Welshman, and oh, clearly meant it. He was just he saw that uh, Reed was coming behind him, and he knew the only thing he was going to do was a purely liquid back heel. And so yeah, I enjoyed. Yes, it. he fell I over. Disagree, but I guess. <laughs> I, I guess that'll be his statue. When you guys build a statue to him, that'll be the, the way the statue is, the, the, the ball coming off his yeah. heel. Yeah. Build a statue, give him a six-year contract, making captain, yeah. he's staying. Brilliant. Let's not get carried away, but we've got to, we've got to sign him now. Anyway, all right, after this, we will do a little Leeds preview, guys. Nice one. Fulham. Right, let's Leeds this Saturday at 12... 12.45? I'm going to this one. Yeah. 12.30, okay. okay. Nice early drinking. Um, 5-1, 6-1, their last results. Leads are falling apart again, etc., etc. But that, uh, Morgs, unfortunately, <laughs> that just makes me feel that's a defeat for us in the pipeline, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it just it seems like too perfect to uh, yeah. take another chunk out of them. It, do- it does feel like that, doesn't it? Um, it has all the makings of a disappointing 1-0 uh, loss. But the, I, I watched the Leeds game last night and I don't know if they deserve to lose 6-1. I mean, Liverpool had seven shots on target and against Palace, I think they had five shots on target. I think right. we can find pretty easy what their weak link might be at the moment. And uh, Melier is a young keeper. But, you know, as Don was saying, this is definitely one of those games where we need to be following up our shots, going for those rebounds in the box because there's going to be plenty of uh, opportunities there to grab a couple of goals. They, I say, I just, I, you know, I don't know who this new manager is that they've got in Grazia or something. Um, he doesn't. Oh, seem Ch- to have... Javi Grazia, yeah, the ex-Watford yeah. Watford manager. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, everyone's been an ex-Watford which, manager. At which some point. one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just he clearly hasn't quite sort of uh, got it going yet to ship eleven goals in two games when you're fighting a relegation battle, I mean that's one way to demoralise a team and a fan base. Uh, you know, by the end of the game last night you could see the uh, the Leeds fans that were left in the ground were waving the white handkerchiefs uh, as the uh, as Liverpool were streaming forward. It's right. it's a bit doom and gloom there. I know uh, you know I was talking to a Leeds fan, I was doing one of their podcasts earlier and it's like, yeah, it, it's not good. They're not, they're not in a, a good state, and you know I think they're confident of getting a couple of results to stay up before the end of the season. But I don't, I think their form at the moment would suggest that they are probably facing a massively uphill battle at this point. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I mean, Meslier, their goalkeeper. I mean, you mentioned the other guards. He, uh, it was. Uh from Footy Accumulators, the Twitter website said he's conceded his last 11 shots on Tokyo. <laughs> so everything. So that's quite good news for us if that keeps on, I think he uh, saved one right uh, at the end, though. So he's obviously on a hot streak of one. Right. Yeah. It'd be nice to... It'd be really nice to do the triple on them, though. You know, it's, it's, it'd be very good to get three wins against Leeds in one season. It'd be very good, in fact. Um, yeah, Don, I mean, they seem to be falling apart again. I mean, we've talked about how we'd line up, I mean, and with Dan James being gone. is it, Do you think that, as Morgan was alluding to earlier, like, would you maybe stick uh, Pereira up there or maybe even bring Solomon or potentially Bobby Reed? We haven't mentioned him yet. I, I'm fingers crossed. Um, I don't know what's going on with Solomon. I, I don't understand why he hasn't been playing more. Um, there must be something that Markle just isn't seeing or I... I don't understand but 
you know, with, he's got decent speed, it seems like. So, and he's, you know, short and quick, you know, like Morgan probably is. But, <laughs> Without yeah. the quick. <laughs> so I, I could see, you know, drop Solomon in there and just keep playing the same style because, you know, I, I think it could really work. Um, I don't know if you could put Dan James in that spot because he really likes to cut in. Dan James, no, no, no. From, from He's the one that we've anyway. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Harry Wilson. He really likes to cut in there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know. Uh, I guess you could try and, and put uh, him up top. Um, but it, I don't. I think he does better out wide, you know, being able to have a little room to work and stuff. So Harry Wilson is now, a good Harry Wilson is a winger. There is he, that's that's all he is. Uh, he's like he, well, he Bob, Bobby Reed is possibly the obvious choice, given the fact that he's played yeah. that long. But he wasn't when we, we did against Brighton. He didn't really cut it. Whereas I think the well, Solomon the idea could be interesting. The, the the good thing is you know if they don't change too much. And the only player that really changes is maybe, you know, who's going to be that guy supposedly up top playing the striker is their movement was so fluid. The players were interchanging so much that I, you know, as long as you get a decent person who is quick with the passing, has the keen eye like William does and finds those nice passes, I think it could be a lot of the same thing. Mm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't change much at all apart from, like you say, the striker. Maybe I probably think Bobby Reed. He only came on as a substitute the last game. I could see him maybe being saved for for this. Um, but Solomon, like Mog says, you know, he, he's played as a striker a couple of times before for Israel, I believe. Uh, maybe for Shakhtar a few times. Not, but it, it, it doesn't have to be in the strike. He can he can roam around and interchange of people. I think it could work. It's, I'm just so thrilled that we've done it once already and it's worked and that gives the system and Marcus Silva and the players the confidence to do it again especially at home it should be a good atmosphere for this one I imagine because I think I think when you're you know just like well sorry no Don you go go ahead ahead. go ahead more well I was gonna say just like last game okay uh in the last pod Sarge mentioned you know going down the wings that the the outside backs could be the downfall of 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 Everton And, and to me that's that's a big part of what led us to be able to play so well so for for Leeds I see the same thing their outside backs aren't that great so if we keep doing you know going down in the channels and going down the widths and cutting inside and doing the quick passes in and out I could see us doing really well now with that said it's it's the bottom half teams they pull one out their butt and all of a sudden you know they're 5-0 or some crap it won't be that bad but you know this could be one of those games where all of a sudden it backfires. I, th- I, th- on, I think, so. you know, you're looking at sort of how Leeds play. They've been playing the four-two-three-one, which is, you know, same as we're playing. But I think the way we'll be, you know, tackling it is very much, again, the same. We'll be playing a very fluid front four, five, if you include Reed, probably. And... I think, you know, the idea of Solomon or, you know, even like Bobby Reed, if we sort of play a different style because he's obviously not as quick as Dan James, uh, you know, we'll, we will take it to them. And Christensen and Furpo, who were their fullbacks uh, last night, um, yeah, they got done by pace. That was that's obviously right. Liverpool. Liverpool's counter-attacking is just kind of, uh, you know, that's always been their danger. I think if we can put something as quick as pressing against them, they're going to crumble. And I think... I mean, Don, you'll know this one. Uh, that Willie McKenney guy on the side. Apparently, they're saying he's Hot overweight at the moment. Like he's quite, he's quite a big boy. But the, I think he's got a very you know, round face, hasn't he? He's got a very round face. Was oh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't getting a lot Western of McKenney, That's it. He no. wasn't getting a lot of action and a lot of play time. You know, so when he came here, I'm sure he was not 100. percent mm. And he is. I really like him when he is hot. Oh my God, he can be exciting, but I don't know. He's really been a hit or a miss. Um, apparently, he's already you know, he's already thing. twerking for Juventus in his Instagram. Apparently, apparently, he's already sort of. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's the same thing with they the other him. American. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Aaron the same way. Aaronson is hot or cold, so when he is hot, things can happen. Uh, you know, he has. He'll be the first one to tell you. Leeds, he has for his price tag. He was pretty expensive uh, too. I want to say. 16 million or something crazy right okay 
I mean, he was he was quite pennies a pennies these a days. Pat tag on him, yeah, not nothing for them. Um, but he's another one that he leads to assist. His work rate is like a reed. He is a nonstop run, run, work horse. Okay, but a lot of Americans will tell you, yeah, he works hard, but there's no end product. You know that that's his problem. So he's another one that. The way Leeds are playing right now, if you've watched their last couple of games, I've just watched some of their beginning of their games, they come out firing. They come at you hard and fast, okay? And so I think that's where we really need to be careful because we don't always do that as a team. You know, historically, we just, we're not that team. We, we seem to take a while to get really going. So we've got to be ready for that. We got to be ready that they're going to come out of the gate, come at us hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe, so, but the, on the other side of it, I mean, they have just lost five one and six one, and they are away from home at a team that's just won three one at Goodison. I mean, there is a chance that they might be quite defensive this game and look for a counter attack and be quite hard to play against um, in terms of low block or whatever you want to call it. It'll be interesting. Well, that's pretty much what they were doing in this last game. They were looking for the breakaways, the mistakes. Well, there you and are, yeah, like and that. they're still and, fucked and up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are there any? I mean, any players uh, done that you're? I mean, I know Sinistera is obviously a huge threat. He was a really big threat the first time we played in the season before the FA Cup game. But I mean, did, uh, yeah, is there, is there anything, anyone also that you're... So there, there, I've got a this guy that my wife works with off and on um, who's a big Leeds fan. And uh, he, he goes back and forth with me on different things. You know, he, one of the things that, at least what he's saying, that a lot of Leeds fans are upset with among a lot of things right now is that that Wilford guy from Italy, Nonto, uh, Nonto, Nonto, Wilford Nonto, yeah. yeah. He was out injured. He had like an ankle injury. They were working him back. He's come on a few times, like in the 70th minute or so, made a few cameos and stuff. But a lot of people are like, why hasn't he started? Apparently when he starts and is up top, they, their, their whole dynamics change and they're just a much better team. So, and he wasn't a cheap player, if I recall, he said, that they brought in. So he's a big one that it'll be interesting to see if they take a chance to say, you know what, we're bringing him in on this game. Let's go for it because he could change well, They brought him so, on uh, uh, in you know, late in the game uh, last night. And, right. yeah, again, I've heard the same from Leeds fans that he is uh, he's a very exciting young player, but he's just that. He is a young player. He's only 19. Uh, and, you know, we've seen it when we've been battling relegation that we've had young exciting players and sometimes you don't want to bring them into the game too much because the pressure might get to them or whatever but maybe they're at this point now where it is kind of make or break for them and it is time Mm -hmm. to sort of you know bring in the players that you know will fight for it and I think that's that's always the thing isn't it you kind of got to weigh up uh being a sensible approach with a bit of a fuck it we better go for it now I don't really yep. mind Leeds too much. I know a lot of people dislike them immensely. Um, I just think it's quite funny when things go wrong for them. But like, I mean, I, I have no actual hatred or will for them. But I mean, it does seem like the writing's on the wall in terms of stuff that's off the pitch, really. I mean, you've got the Daily Mail saying Leeds owner uh, Rajazani, don't know if I'm saying that right, faces losing out on £270 million if the club gets relegated. You've also got that player who they bought in the championship when we were there, Kevin Augustin, who they need to now pay £24.5 million for, who had 45 fucking minutes of game time for them. So it's just all... It, there is. What does that break down a minute? I don't know. It's, just, it's really kind of messy all over for them at the moment. Well, yeah, so that's the other thing my leads, the leads guy I talk to every now and then is saying is off the field, the ownership shit right now going on is really messed up. So the guy you were just talking about, the guy that owns him right now, yeah. apparently he's interested in moving on to Inter Milan. Right, okay. And the U.S. football team, the 49ers, their, their ownership, they want to join the ranks of all those other football teams that are involved in, you know, like, uh, you've got uh, the Patriots owner. He's involved, you know, Rams, Conky, um, yeah, and all yeah. that other crap. Oh, got it. Okay. So that's becoming the trend, you know. All these Americans, uh, and I'm, not, I'm an American. I'm not putting them <laughs> down or anything for wanting to do it, but it's it's kind of you know it's becoming that hokey trend. Oh, oh, that's cool. Let me go get a a Premier League team. But from what I'm hearing from him, they're really worried that they don't if they take ownership. 
they don't care if they get relegated. It does. It won't bother them. Do they realize they, they can get relegated? I, yeah, I think they do because <laughs> they were they were involved. That's how they got involved was when Leeds was in the championship. So right. But what he's worried about is that they're not going to you know really put money and go head to head with all the big clubs you know and compete and do things that they're going to take their time. Maybe this is like the cons, you know, or something. Try and make it a, not a money-making, but a established business that isn't falling apart. The books are in the black, you know. Well, that's kind of, that kind of almost seems sensible. I know it's not very exciting, but it does seem sensible. And I think, you know, you've got to, you've got to be realistic as well. I mean, all these owners coming in, yes, they're all sort of like, you know, swinging their dicks around a lot of the time. But at the same time, you kind of... They do have to work within financial models, um, you know, because uh, mere mortal teams actually have to pay attention to FFP. Well, so it's getting harder and harder to compete with state state owned teams, you know, that have yeah, and it know, always, and it will continue to pockets. be like that. And thing is, yes, so, a, a, an owner will come in and inv- uh, you know buy a championship team because they are a hell of a lot cheaper, and you know then aim is to get them into the Premier League and then build uh, on on that and sell £3,000 season tickets because you can. So, so well, that Leeds was supposedly uh, what do you call that? Uh, they, they were assessed at £1 billion. Right. You've got to imagine that's probably a sort of like fairly was. standard like these days. The value of a Premier League team is probably not far One off. £1 billion for Leeds. I mean, I guess that I guess but it's it not even it's not even that, is it? So didn't it? Sh- Sh- Shahad Khan got it for six hundred, six hundred sixty, or whatever. He got us for two hundred million or something. Didn't yeah, he? but that was in twenty thirteen. I mean, no, no, I know, I know. I thought it was a lot. Years no, ago. it was two hundred million. But I mean, that would be worth about six hundred, seven hundred now. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, fuck it. I don't know. I mean, no, the TV is... money was a lot less then. So we're losing people, right. guys. We're losing people. Let's let's cut <laughs> it there, and we'll go into all other business straight after this noise. Fulham. Okay, Moe, you were just mentioning season tickets there. Um, it seems like they've, they're up for sale and um, the FST letter has just fallen on, on deaf ears as we all... I, I'm pretty sure the letterbox at Motspur Park is probably just a shredder. And right. so it's, that was never going to do anything, was it? They, they know what they were doing. They were never going to change their minds. They were never going to say, oh, really? Is that too expensive? Okay, we'll put it down a bit then. Uh They've got their pricing structure. It wasn't formed overnight. I think it's disgraceful. I think, you know, £3,000, you know, if someone's going to pay that, they're going to pay it. Uh, The fact that they are charging £3,000 for a ticket in a stand that isn't even finished, it's still a construction site. They've said it's not even going to be open fully before the end of this calendar year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that it's not finished until the end of next season. And that's this, the rumor. Well, that's the thing. But it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And it's like, well, hang on. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You've got away with charging a grand for a season ticket in a stand that held, you know, two thousand people. You know, before its completion, you're now upping that by twenty five percent for the base rate. You're then creating this brand new platinum upper tier thing, and then you look at it, and it's just like you're just in the same, some of the same seats that you were selling for a grand. It's, it makes no sense. It's, it makes no sense. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling, and I don't think enough can be said about how disgraceful it is to be cha- charging that amount of money. And there's that side of it. I mean, the season ticket, like the regular season tickets, the you know, the Hammy and Johnny Haynes stand, Putney end, you know, the fact they've gone up so much as well, it was inevitable, I know, but it's, it was, you know, the people are saying these things are make the ticket you know these season tickets putting it up by that much makes such a difference for the person buying it but they'll buy it because they love Fulham they love going to the football it's break from you know regular day-to-day life and yet it's going to cost them an extra 200 quid or whatever or an extra 25% however much they are char- they're charging and it makes up a drop in the ocean of the income that the club makes it's a proper sort of like we're doing this because we can, because we're an established Premier League ta- team now, in inverted commas, because, you know, this, it could all fall apart next season we go down, and then what are you left with? 
Um, and I just think it's incredibly short-sighted to actually not even have a stand fully open before you think, to even have the gall of charging that much money for a, a season ticket. I mean, even a grand for it while it was still... I mean, we were there for the... Um, in the uh, was, Yeah, it was the Leeds game. And again, there was the whole thing around the 40 quid tickets for that. But it was, um, you know, there was... It was a lot of uh, the downstairs area. When that's full, I hope there's another tier of like sort of catering and bars and stuff because that felt really cramped. Yeah. Again, and I'm just like, it's not. You're not getting preferential treatment because you're paying three grand a year. You're you're getting the same product that everyone else is getting. So I think to have done that for next season. You know, I just, I, I don't really know what they were thinking apart from we need to make some money on this quick because uh, it's taken twice as long to build as it should have done. It's gone massively over budget. Not our problem, guys. You know, you yeah, should it's have not a problem. been doing this. Well, it feels like the cons yeah. are just constantly making us pay for their mistakes or their, um, you know, ill circumstances or misfortune, whatever you want to call it, with COVID, with the construction. I mean, it stinks that they need the money as quickly as possible to because maybe they haven't got a sponsorship deal in place, a rights, a naming rights deal in place for the new stand. It's just not. It's just all a bit of a farce. But it's like with the money they spent in eighteen nineteen. You know, like all that FFP nonsense, spending twenty million quid or whatever it was, fifteen. Okay, fine on Knockhart. Uh, you know, it it just feels like we're always paying for the mistakes they've made prior or previously, and it's very very annoying um and it's sad because it's killing the soul of the club a bit for a lot of people yeah yeah i think i don't know what sort of uh you know i'm sure you know plenty of people have got three grand to spend and you know sort of and they've been coming to fulham for years locals in fulham do yeah for sure well i mean, I mean yeah know. but i mean how many there, there aren't a huge amount of um fulham fans that live in the multi-million pound houses in the surrounding area i mean well that's my point yeah, coming from it, here well, and everywhere i mean it's you, you guys are gonna end up you guys are gonna end up like the American model for a lot of these seats, okay? There are a lot of seats in these stadiums in America where they are three, four, six grand, okay? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. But what you end up having is you'll get two or three, say, families, and they go in, say, on three or four seats, and they split it, you know, and they just split the games up. So you won't have season ticket holders for, you know, at the rate this is going, where it's going to be the same person you're going to see in your seat next to you every match. It's going to be somebody different. Or they're going to get sold on here. Uh, they'll get resold on Ticketmaster, and the price will shoot up, you know, 100 times, uh, you know, just to have that one seat. And you'll get the tourist that is willing to pay that whatever it is per match, 100, 200, 300. But what happens then is that the ground loses atmosphere, the players lose motivation, then you go out of the Premier yep. League, and then you start again. And no one's paying yep. three grand for a championship season ticket. And that's where the difference is between you guys and the States. You know, you guys have the whole relegation thing, uh, mm-hmm. tiered system. Yeah. You know, that isn't here. So owners don't care about that. You know, now the other thing owners will do here is they'll get tired of a city, they get tired of the fans, they get tired of the stadium. You know, they'll just move. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's 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 less less communication in my mind here in the states about fans to owners than what you guys have. I tell you what, there's one last point from me on this. I think okay, what what we're seeing from you know if this is the model that you know other clubs are going to start taking, um, we're going to see a bubble. It's this is going to be like the housing market bubble over here. Eventually fans of Premier League teams who have been going for generations, the classic legacy fan, as it were, are just going to go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go support my uh, my local non-league, lower league team. And these things like the, the television market can only grow and grow and grow so much before it goes pop. And if these owners come in with no knowledge of the history of the game or how you know how our teams have got their fans over the years this that and the other everything to do with it and they treat it like this toy this business you know product that they've got it's just gonna work the football's gonna suffer eventually 
the world, the fans around the world will start watching Bundesliga, La Liga, whatever. And then, you know, what are we left with? Yeah. We're left with yeah. a very expensive uh, hole in the ground. We'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I like to think it can improve. I say this every time we talk about it, but I just it can only get worse, really. But we'll, we'll have to. We'll leave that issue there because I'm sure there'll be more to complain about as the time keeps going on and on with that. I mean, so J Mac, what, what's your final score prediction? Oh, with the lead. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah, let's get back to well, that real well, quick. What's the final score? Prediction? I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win three nil actually. Yeah, I feel like we're going to tear them apart. <laughs> and that means it won't happen. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope Leeds fans are listening to this. But I, I, I feel like um, I just can't I can't see us losing this. I really can't after their, their run of games and results. So I'm hoping, uh, you know. I think we'll concede. We always seem to concede. Maybe a penalty or something. I just can't. But they just look so shit. But, I mean, Sinistera, like you say, or like that uh, Noto guy. can't even pronounce his name now. I'm on the spot. But, Not you know, I... Nonto. But yeah, it's weird. You know, there have been a few rumors actually. Um, we got sort of, because we're talking about, you know, what we'll start with, you know. And Vinicius apparently is rumored to be going to Flamengo. Or Flamingo? I don't even know how you pronounce it. Flamingo's the dance. Yeah. Flamingo's the Flamingo. bird. Flamingo's, Flamingo's the club. Flamingo. Yeah. Okay. So it's like split difference. It's Flamingo. Okay. So, like, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, that probably a good move for him. He's done well in le- leagues that are lesser than the Premier League. Very good in the Portuguese league, for instance, with Benfica. Uh, for the Dutch league, for he was all right. So I can imagine him doing quite well. If they want to give us like Pedro or Barbosa, one of them amazing strikers, I mean, that would be nice as a little sort of uh, swapperoo. But I mean, I don't know. There are lots of rumors, really. There's Ola e- uh, the return of Ola Ina, apparently. Never go I'd back. Never go back. Never go back. I do say that. But he's free and he was actually very good for us and he could play mm. either flank. That'd yeah, be good. If... Yeah. I, I, get, I get the point of signing him, but yeah, he, uh, he was from a dark time in our, in our history. <laughs> out of interest um, I think I'll on this because this would be quite funny so if, if the bottom three Premier League stay as they are now so it's Everton uh, no what, what, I don't even know Forest Forest Southampton um, Southampton and Leicester Leicester okay <laughs> if they go down to the championship which who do you think is going to take on the promotion winning Champions League experience manager that is Scott Parker because <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I can really see Southampton doing that. Yeah, I really could. It's uh, that's got Southampton written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think and it would probably work. If they, I don't know. I, I spoke to a few uh, Club Bruges fans in Belgium, and they were oh, very, very happy yeah. that he uh, that he was no longer there. They they said that was a very sad time for them. <laughs> he just needs loads of money. And like with how long Southampton been in the Premier League for? Is it now for is it near enough 13 years like it was for us? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean the, the parachute there's money must enough, be enormous. I mean there's been enough clubs that have said he just sucks the joy out of the football, you know, the club and the fan. You would think that people would wise up and say, you know, this is just not good. Yeah. So you you might as well just go with uh, Lampard and or uh, Gerard or somebody. And... God, no, Lampard is having a terrible time. I mean, I think I don't know what the score is now, but Chelsea are now yeah one uh, still one three nil on aggregate. Yes, yeah, so... bring in Terry, bring in John Terry. John Terry, yeah, oh. John Terry would be an interesting one. <laughs> oh. But like, so and the last thing I'll say actually, I noticed that Marcus Silva's comments at the end of the game seem very, um, very um, how how do I say this? Um, rounded about the future of Fulham and you know what he wants from the the club to do in the future it, it sounded like a very cryptic comment about being here for a quite a bit longer not a huge amount who knows but I mean th- th- there seems to be some rumors that this contract extension is going to happen and I feel like maybe it'll happen when we're mathematically it might even happen if we win 3-0 against Leeds I'm predicting but, I th- yeah, I th- yeah I think uh He's due one. I imagine there was a matter of uh, semantics around it. And, you know, obviously if Spurs came sniffing, I mean, why the hell would you want to go to Spurs in the moment? Um, same Chelsea, really, I guess. Yeah. But I think uh, he's got a good, he's got a good thing at Fulham. I think uh, much like Mitrovic staying with us, I think he's probably quite settled now. Uh, he's obviously got the fans on the side. He's got a good team. He's got a good, you know, a good uh, you know, bond with the squad. It would be very, very silly, especially if we're going to throw, you know, five million a year at him or whatever it is that keeps a manager these days. I, I just can't see him unless it was, you know, Man City, something huge, uh, you know, 
Barcelona, Real Madrid, some kind of craziness, you know, came after him. He's got a chance of taking this team, continue the build, and actually going for Europe next year. You know, whether that's only Europa or whatever, but still, he's got a good chance of doing that. So why, why burn your bridge like you did at Everton and whatnot and take the chance of... Brazilian and Portuguese players everywhere. I love it. Everywhere. Every single Fingers crossed. Everywhere. Fingers crossed. Everywhere. I hope we have like the Portuguese uh, colors as our awake kit. Uh, no, no, Wolves like... did that already. We can, we can okay, what about, we'll do the Brazilian one. We'll, we'll have yeah, green and uh, yellow instead. That'd be fine. All right. Okay. Mint. Yeah. No mint. No Just more mint. That. Burn the no mint. No more mint. Kill the mint. We're going purple. <laughs> purple might be all right. Anyway, Ooh, nice. sorry, Regal. I like it. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave that there, guys. Um, it's been good to speak to you as always. And um, yeah, it's um, it's always it's always very nice to actually talk. But it's even nicer when we've won after a streak of uh, losses as of late. So that's that's really good. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you to my co-host. Thank you to Morgan. Thank you to Don. And if you like what you're here, please tell your friends about us. We're on all the social media outlets. We're on all the podcast outlets. And we'll be back with a reaction to the Leeds victory. Hopefully, three 0 See you then. Bye.